name is Adam Furman, and I will be reading an excerpt from Taran Tashi Miller's Man-Eater of the Kumamon Hills. No, I didn't, Tim Osborne said, laughing, as he always did when he was embarrassed, at the girl's servant who had just yelled at him in front of everyone, especially the girl, for wetting his bed. I was sweating, Tim said. I sweat a lot last night. It was true. He had sweat a lot last night. He had sweat a lot every night since arriving at the compound of two-person cabins far out in the Kumamon Hills, in the heart of the jungle where Jim Corbett used to hunt man-eating tigers, near the national park that now bore Corbett's name, and was a preserve for protecting the rare white tigers that had always lived there. Still, it was an adventure for Tim to be in the jungle. His father taught him to spot the leeches that looked like thick black hair stretching on the path between the cabins, seeking blood. He had taught him how to burn them off the walls of the cabins with the waxed wood, sulfur-tipped Kisan log matches, and how to get them off skin without pulling them, by dropping salt on them and dissolving them, to prevent the open wounds pulling them left behind and exposing the wound to infection and festering in the hot, humid air. His father had taught him even a scratch in that jungle could be deadly. Is that a tarantula? Tim's brother asked. Oh my god, I think so, Tim answered. His brother got a large piece of wood, like a two-by-four, and smacked at the beast until it came down with a plop onto the floor at the foot of his brother's sharp eye. Tim had held his sheet over his head in case the tarantula had lost its footing and fallen onto him the way the friendly Freddies, the green gecko lizards, often lost their footing in pursuit of mosquitoes and fell unceremoniously onto floors and beds. After catching the dead tarantula on the wood, and then tossing it out the cabin's front door into the night and the jungle, Tim's brother was proud, and Tim was too. Then as Tim relaxed and pulled the sheet away from his head, preparing to fall asleep, his brother asked, What does a scorpion look like? Tim, assuming his brother was up to his usual disturbing pranks, said, Kind of like a tiny lobster, I guess. With claws like a lobster? Pinchers? I think so. Why? Because I think that's one crawling up your bedpost at the foot of your bed. Tim couldn't help leaning forward to look in the direction his brother indicated. He had not expected to really see one. Oh my god! He screamed, afraid this time to pull the covers up and loose sight of the scorpion. His brother smacked at it at the foot of the charpai until it was still and flat on the floor and at the foot of his bed. He managed to sleep that night, but when he awoke, all his sheets, the sheet over the thin cotton mattress and the sheet he held over himself, were soaked through. It wasn't until thirty years later, after his brother had passed away, Tim realized he had wet the bed and why. It was then he realized why he'd been angry, violent, bent on revenge, short-fused, risk-taking, had trouble sleeping deeply and was nearly uncontrollable as a teenager. Before the restless night at the jungle cabin, he had spent the last four months awake every night during air raids, gone to school with sandbags around the entrances, and teachers insisting the children must attend class to show the enemy they could not be bent to its will. He had seen what happened to the dirt square formed by the stalls of shops around it, where he and Indian friends used to steal candy, popcorn, and sodas from the cart of sodas in the square cutting across the square to hide in a friend's apartment. 
One day, the square was cut with a zigzag trench for public use during air raids. The war was over, and they had all survived.